Hello and welcome to the Glacier Valley Church of God. Today's podcast was recorded live on Sunday before a full church. If there's anything we can do to bless you, to pray for you, please contact us at 907-789-3605. Glacier Valley Church of God, a place of hope, a place of healing. God. Praise God. This, Jesus said, my house should be called a house of prayer. House of prayer. So we will become that house of prayer. Tonight at 630, uh, Will is going to be leading us in prayer tonight because I may not be able to make it back on time. So we're going to make sure he's going to do that with the assistance of our prayer team. But he's going to be leading us in prayer. If you're not a part of our Sunday night prayer meeting, you need to be a part of it. Amen. You need to be a part of it. We're going to have on April 1st, which I realize the irony of the day. Uh, on April 1st, we're going to be having an all night prayer meeting. Uh, we're, going to, we're going to fight for this city. Amen. Uh, the Lord's already given me a plan. And we're, listen. I'm not going to be satisfied until everybody in this city is saved. And that means your family members. That means everybody. Amen. I am. T- we've lost too many people this year to the enemy. And I don't know about you, but I'm sick of it. And we're going to do something about it. Well, actually, we're not. God's going to do it. But we want to unleash his Holy Spirit. Amen. Praise God. I might preach and I'm trying not to. But we're just going to believe in God. Amen. So I'm going to turn the service over to our overseer. Uh, if you want to come forward, I don't know, Sister Barbara. Sister Barbara, will you stand just so everybody can see you? Is that okay? This is Sister Barbara. And so uh, I want to introduce our, our state bishop to you. Uh, I, I, I want to give you a little bit of information about him. Uh, first of all, he hails from the great state of North Carolina. Yeah. Amen. And uh, he is also he is also part of the Lumbee tribe, uh, federally recognized tribe. He is uh, full blooded, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and so he is part of the Lumbee tribe. And uh, that was a, I think they were federally recognized just within a couple of years, just recently. Oh, just state, not federal. OK. And so you guys understand what that's like, except for it's opposite here. Uh, but uh, I just I've fallen in love with him and his, and his wife and they're just wonderful people. Uh, he holds a doctorate in ministry from the Pentecostal Theological Seminary. He was assigned to this state, and I believe it was September of 2020, something like that. And uh, he, we've been trying to get him here for a long time, and schedules didn't work out, but it was the right time. He gave a conference yesterday in leadership, and boy, we were, we were all about developing leaders. If you were here, just raise your hand. It was just a wonderful meeting. And uh, if you missed it, there's no recording. Uh, we're just going to believe God that it'll come to you by osmosis or something. Randy was so impressed with it, he went out and hurt his eye. That's how bad it was. Yeah, I, I, you know I'm going to give you a hard time over that. <laughs> just call him one eye. But we just want to embrace the bishop. And uh, he told me today, he goes, uh, I just love your dad jokes, and I would like for you to keep doing that. And uh, I just... Uh, he was in tears. He was saying, please tell him another one. And so uh, I just, <laughs> amen. Bishop. Amen. Praise the Lord. I think we need to have an altar call right now. <laughs> and the pastor needs to be the first one in the altar. 
Amen. This prayer team, you you didn't realize that what you just got into uh, because he needs to be at the top of that list. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. So good to be here with you today. And uh, if you missed yesterday, well, you, you just missed it. We had a great, great time in the Lord. Amen. Some of you ushers help these great folk back here find a place to sit. Uh, they're, they're looking and anxious about finding somewhere to sit, so be, help them out. Amen. Thank you so much. So glad that they are here. So glad that you are here. Amen. How many love the Lord this morning? Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, so before we get into the scripture, I do have one thing that I wanted to do uh, in official capacity. I think the dad jokes just need to go. How many would agree with that? How many, you know, can I get a little Presbyterian nod kind of like that? Y'all, y'all just, y'all must like him or something. I don't know. I understand. I don't know what the deal is. He's really, he's okay. He's okay. You know, as long as he's asleep, he's all right. All right. So, (laughs) amen. So good to be with you. We had a great day yesterday. I appreciate my wife being here. And uh, we we do love and appreciate you. We pray for you. I have a, a, a map in the office there in Anchorage. And on that map, I have a pin where every church is. And I have all those pins surrounded with a piece of string that forms a district. And I pray for all of those churches on a regular basis. And you are included in that number. And I want you to know that. The pastor said something earlier uh, when he was receiving the offering. Uh, He's not trying to get something from you. He's trying to get something to you. I don't know if you realize that or not, but he's really trying to get something to you and just makes all the difference in the world. So listen, I have an assignment to to try to finish uh, what we started yesterday. We started yesterday uh, talking about leadership, renewal and development, and we ended talking about the anointing, how that the anointing of God makes the difference in somebody's life. So I'm just going to kind of pick up where we left off uh, yesterday afternoon, and uh, we're just going to kind of go through that today. And uh, listen, I'm going to change modes a little bit. Yesterday, I was really nice. I was really kind. And, you know, I just did, you know, was in the teaching mode. But uh, I got my suit on today. I'm in preacher mode now. So, so listen, this suit don't mean a stinking thing other than it's all I brought to wear. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, let's just look in the word of the Lord this morning, if you would. First Peter chapter four, verses 10 and 11. First Peter chapter four, verses 10 and 11. I don't know if you guys can have time to throw that scripture up there on the screen. First uh, Peter chapter four, verses 10 and 11. Amen. Thank you again so much for being here uh, and being in the service today. And, uh, While they're getting that scripture, would you join me in just giving your pastoral family a hand of appreciation just to show how much you love and appreciate them, would you? Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Keith Green is absolutely worthless and no good without Jenny. Well, come on. Y'all don't agree with that? No, well, maybe he's, she's 75, he's 25%. How about that? Oh, she's 51, he's 49. I'm not going any lower. Okay, that's just it. Amen. Praise the Lord. In the book of 1 Peter, chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. Each of you 
should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. Amen? As faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If you serve, they should do it with the strength that God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Father, would you lead us in your words? Speak to our hearts. Give us direction, Lord, we pray. And God, we're blessed and thank you together. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody shouted, Amen. 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 Listen, I'll say to you like Elizabeth Taylor said to her seventh husband, I won't keep you long. All right. Amen. All right. All right. Everybody ready? Praise the Lord. Amen. Listen, listen. Let's talk a little bit about what ministry is. Ministry is simply service to God. We're here to serve the Lord. We're here to worship God. We're here to praise the Lord. We're here to magnify the Lord. We're here to exalt the Lord and lift Him up. Ministry, it is work that builds the kingdom of God. It covers everything from a sound technician back there in the sound booth to an altar worker. It's not just a pastor or an evangelist ministering. It is people working together. And that's what pastor's been talking about. People working together for the cause of Christ to do ministry together. So when we hear the word ministry, a lot of people envision uh, the, the pastor as if he or she is in some special class of Christians. That's not the case case, not even apart from the laity. The problem is Scripture does not support that a pastor or a minister is in some special class. Here's the main difference between a staff minister or a volunteer minister is that the staff minister makes ministry his or her full-time employment. So when we talk about ministry, I'm talking about all of us together where we come together to worship the Lord. We come here to refuel our soul so that when as, as, as Brother Richard was talking about going outside or out the doors to win others to Jesus, that's where the real ministry takes place and that's what we want to talk about today. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 put it like this. It says, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. All of us here are part of the body of Christ. We've been anointed for service in God's kingdom. Listen, you might not have a pulpit ministry, but the kingdom of God is a whole lot broader than this desk I'm standing behind right now. The kingdom of God is a whole lot bigger than this pulpit. The kingdom of God has no limitation. It has no end. It has no boundary. The kingdom of God is something that we can grab a hold of and let get get a hold of us and do what God has called you and I to do here in Juneau, Alaska. We can worship Him together. 
We can praise Him together. We can love Him together. We can serve Him together. We can do what God has called us to do. But listen, when we do that, we want to do it under the anointing and through the function and the unction of the Spirit of Almighty God so that you and I, when we come together to worship, when we come together to sing and to praise and to magnify the Lord, we can do it with all of our heart and all of our might so that ministry can grow in the church of the Lord. Somebody say amen. amen. Now listen, if you can't say amen, just give me a little Presbyterian nod, kind of like that. Hallelujah. You see, God's kingdom includes preaching, but it also includes taking Christ everywhere. It involves all the members of Christ's body serving where their heart moves them the most. We talked a little bit about that yesterday. What's the one thing that you're passionate about? Maybe it's seeing your family saved. How many got members of your family that don't know Jesus? Throw your hand up real quick. Well, we all do. Everybody does. Don't you want to see him sitting beside you in that chair? Don't you want to see him in the house of God? Don't you want to see him somewhere in this altar crying out to the Lord? Don't you want to see them on their way to heaven? Well, of course we do. When that's why we've got to get involved. That's why we've got to be in ministry. That's why we've got to be anointed. And listen, in order for God to anoint you, you've got to surrender your all and say, Lord, here am I, Father. Send me, God. I will go. I will do whatever it is, Lord, that you're calling me to do to be a part of the kingdom of God. It may be a ministry of prayer that we just talked about just a couple of minutes ago. It may be evangelism. It may be benevolence. It may even be ushering right here on the front row. Listen, whatever it is, it may be taking care of the nursery. You know, somebody's got to do that. I never wanted that job. I never wanted to be a part of the nursery. But somebody's got to do it. It may even be taking care of somebody's baby or even helping the needy with household chores. Listen, the ministry has all kinds of looks. It looks different for every single person. But at the end of the day, at the end of the week, we come together corporately to celebrate what God has been doing through the body of Christ. Listen, we can reach and we can win and we can be anointed and we can be used for the glory of Almighty God. God, if we surrender our heart and our life totally, completely to the Lord and say, God, if you can use anybody, Lord, you can use me. And God, I give myself. I surrender myself. I offer myself unto you for your glory and your praise. Somebody shout amen. amen. Listen, you might not believe what I'm about to say, but it's true. Everyone has been called to serve in Christ's kingdom. And if you have been called and you have surrendered, you are anointed to do the work that God has called you to do. You say, preacher, I don't feel it. Listen, sometimes my feeler is broke too. Sometimes I just don't feel it. Sometimes I don't feel like standing in the pulpit. Sometimes I don't feel like showing up for church. Sometimes I don't feel like praying. But when those days come and they do come, you just got to keep on praying. You just got to keep on doing it. You got to keep on worshiping. You got to keep on lifting your hands. 
hands. Well, I don't have anything to praise him for. The Bible said, let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Praise him when you're sitting down. Praise him when you're standing up. Praise him when you're going out. Praise him when you're coming in. We've got breath. We ought to be praising and worshiping and magnifying him for who he is. Hallelujah. You know, a lot of people are good at making excuses. You know, we've all heard excuses. We've made some for ourselves. Back in 1996, it's been a little while ago, Ann Landers compiled some notes from parents to teachers explaining why their children miss school, and I just jotted down a couple of them. Dear teacher, please excuse Lisa for being absent. She was sick, and I had her shot. She got a shot, you know. Not boom, but a needle shot. Mr. Smith, please excuse Tom for being absent yesterday. He had diarrhea and his boots leaked. I just thought maybe that one fit in Alaska, especially about the boots. Dear teacher, please excuse Jimmy for being. It was his father's fault. <laughs> it's almost like a dad joke, isn't it? I'm no comparison, sorry. Dear Miss Thomas, Jennifer missed school yesterday for a good reason. We forgot to get the Sunday paper off the porch. When we found it on Monday, we thought it was Sunday. <laughs> that good sister back there at the back just put her head down in the face like that in her hand. Help him, Lord. The point is, we all make excuses. Lord, I'm too old. God, I'm too young. I, I don't fit. Lord, I'm not like everybody else. I'm not like them. That's exactly right. You're not like everybody else. We're all created equal in the eyes of God, but every single one of us are different. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Let me tell you something. You are called and God can equip you and He can anoint you and He can set you forth. And don't you let the devil for a single moment tell you that you're not worthy. Listen, you're exactly right. No, we are not worthy, but He makes us worthy. He, hallelujah, has called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. And it's the Spirit and the power of God that enables us, that directs us, that shows us where to go and what to do and how to do it to the glory of the kingdom of Almighty God. I wish somebody would help me this morning and say, Hey, preacher, I may not feel it, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. I'm going to worship and I'm going to work and I'm going to pray and I'm going to sing and I'm going to fast and I'm going to do what God has called me to do. Somebody shout hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Why hadn't I been here before now? Amen. Listen, I need to take y'all some of y'all on the road with me. You know, praise the Lord. Listen, God has called us. If He's called you as the Bible said, to do as much as give a cup of cold water in His name. 
Do it to the glory of God. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? Listen, it's in the Bible, folks. It may not be rocket science. It may not be a big banner. It may not be one of those things where you get the accolade of man. And that's not why you're doing it. One day, one day, we're going to leave this earth. And if we're ready to meet God, He's going to say, Enter into the joys of the Lord. Hallelujah. You've been faithful over a few things. I'm going to make you ruler over many. You know, we're not doing it to be seen anyway, right? We're not doing it to be heard. We're not doing it for the accolade of man. We're doing it for God. You know, sometimes I think that God's just tired of us making excuses for our complacency. Amen? You see, God gave the church the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 19, 20. That's all we've talked about all weekend. I'm still harping on it. So we know what to do. We're to shine the light in the dark world, win the loss, and disciple believers. Go make disciples. Can't say we're not enabled because He's anointed us with His Holy Spirit and promised to confirm His Word with signs and with wonders. Amen. When Jesus told the parable of the talents, He let us know that He would not accept one excuse on the day of judgment for what we did with our talents. Everybody in this room has a unique ability to do something. A unique calling. A unique little niche in life. Whatever it is, do it to the glory of God. Whatever it is, offer it unto the Lord. You see, those excuses aren't going to work. We're going to give an account of ourselves to God, and He's going to make one request. What did you do with what I gave you? What did you do? Remember the story of Moses in the Old Testament? And he's struggling in front of Pharaoh. And he really doesn't know what to do. And he's asking God, how can I go in front of Pharaoh and all of these people? How can I do that? I don't have any ability. I don't have anything to do this with. And God said to him, what's in your hand? A stick? (laughs) A stick? What can I do before the king of Egypt, Pharaoh, with a stick? Here's the point. He said, use what you've got. Use what I have already given you. I don't know what's in your hand, but maybe a pastor does, but just use it. If all you do for the rest of your life is stand at the end of this row and hold that offering bag. Do it to the glory of God. It's just as important as anything else. Oh my, I feel His Holy Ghost right now. If all you do is clean the bathroom, do it to the glory of God. If all you do is you get up here and you sing and praise and worship, you do it to the glory of God. If all you do is sweep the floor, do it to the glory of God. Every 
everything. Let it be done to the glory and the praise and the honor of God. Somebody say hallelujah. Jesus is going to say, what have you done with your anointing, with your gifts, and with your God-given abilities? You know, he did say to us to occupy until he returned. Now, that doesn't mean take up space either. That doesn't mean just, you know, being mobile or immobile, rather, and just taking up space. You might say, well, how do I know where I fit? How do I discern God's work for me? First of all, you do it by understanding that He has anointed you. Listen, you are not here by mistake. You are not a mistake. You are here and... Oh, Lord, help me. I, I'm going to talk about myself here for just a second. The Bible says even the very hairs of our head are numbered. Mine just keeps going in reverse. <laughs> the point is, God knows where we are. We were pastoring, pastored one church for 26 years and it was a wonderful, we had a lot, a lot, a lot of really sweet, wonderful people. And my wife allowed me to have a bunch of girlfriends. Yeah, let me explain. Let me, you know. This <laughs> little boy said, let me explain that one. You know, all of the senior ladies, all of the widow ladies, all of them were my girlfriends. And, uh, you know, we, we went to one lady's house one time. And uh, I think we were going out to eat Sister Louise Coba, God rest her soul. And she had this Buick Roadmaster. I mean, a huge, beautiful car. And uh, she tried to convince her to drive the car so me and her could sit in the back seat and be chauffeured around. <laughs> Sister Jernigan was a wonderful lady. And she had a need one day. And she had a son that lived in Maryland, Baltimore, Maryland, on the East Coast. And she lived in a little place called Laurenburg, North Carolina. Did y'all know Sister Sarah and I were born in the same county in North Carolina? Isn't that wild? Yeah. It's crazy. Sister Jernigan had a need and her son was going to send her something. So he put a little something in an envelope for her and put Sarah Jernigan, no address, and put Laurenburg, North Carolina, and no zip code. Yeah. And guess what? Guess what arrived at her house in her mailbox? An envelope with her name and her city and her state and no zip code. Now, I, I, I'm not real smart. I, I don't quite know how the post office works, but I do know that if you don't have no zip code, you don't have any location as to where to get it, as where the smell sorter knows how to send it. But she got it, and it was exactly what she needed from her son to meet a need. I told you that to tell you 
God knows what you need and He knows how to get it to you. He knows where we are. He knows the imperfections we have. He knows the frailties we have. He knows the insecurities we have. He knows everything about us. The Bible says He knows your down-sitting and your uprising. He knows when you get up, when you lay down, when you go out, when you come in. He knows everything about us. And because of that, He knows if you feel like, well, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to serve in the church. I'm not worthy. But listen, I've come to tell you this morning that you have been anointed to serve and to work and to worship and to do what God has called every single one of us to do. Somebody say praise the Lord. Well, a lot of you anointed yourself before you left for church this morning. Here's what I mean by that. Anointing means to smear on, to paint over, to rub in, or to apply oil to. We anointed some of you this morning with this little bottle right here. Listen, you took cologne or perfume or something and you gave yourself a cosmetic anointing. But the Holy Spirit has been smeared. He's been painted. He's been rubbed into your life. And He is associated with you that you have His presence everywhere we go. Listen, don't leave the house without smearing on, without painting on, without being anointed by the Lord. Don't leave the house without praying. Don't leave the house without doing something for the kingdom of God. Listen, here's what Jesus, our example, said. The Scripture calls Him the Messiah, the Word. Messiah in Hebrew or Christ in the Greek means anointed one. And it is the anointing that distinguished Jesus from other religious leaders. If you have him living on the inside of you, you have been anointed and you have the calling and you have what is necessary to do the work that God has called the Glacier Valley Church of God to do in Juneau, Alaska. So I challenge you to rise up in the name of the Lord and get up in the name of the Lord and do what God has called you to do. Somebody help me here this morning. How many of you, how many of you give me another two minutes, two, three minutes? Let me see your hand. That's about 30 of you. 30 times three is 90. We're good. Praise the Lord. You see, the anointing was so important to Jesus had it been stripped from him, he would have been without any ministry. He would have possessed no divine authority or performed one miracle or delivered one suffering soul. It was the anointing. You see, the anointing breaks the yoke that binds. I believe if God removed the anointing from a lot of churches that they'd just keep on, just go right along unabated before they ever even realize it. Two things I want to tell you, and then I'll finish. Number one, the anointing raises you to a higher dimension. Let me explain. See, God has called you to fulfill a divinely appointed destiny that you cannot achieve in the flesh. Let me put it like this. If you do fleshly things, you get fleshly results. Spiritual things equal spiritual results. There is a difference. You see, the anointing transcends your fleshly limitations, raises you to a higher dimension, and supplies divine power to achieve what God has called you to do. 
You know, the Holy Spirit takes believers to a higher dimension. He'll find you, guide you, enrich you, and empower you to manage your life. He's the ultimate power source and offers what no one else can offer. You see, when the Holy Spirit connects with a Christian, it makes possible the impossible. Ordinary circumstances are affected by the, an extraordinary influence, and that is the power of God. The anointing is a difference maker. You ever feel like sometimes you're just going through life and it's just kind of mundane? Like something is missing? Like there's just something is just not working? Maybe it's the absence of the anointing of God that He wants to bestow upon us. Look at it like this. Real quickly, the New Testament church. If anything marked the New Testament church, it was the anointing. They were not satisfied with religion as usual. They wanted church as unusual. And that's what the anointing brought. One ordinary man preached at Pentecost, but God's extraordinary power ignited Peter's words, swept through the crowd, and converted 3,000 souls. Prior to Pentecost... I talked about this yesterday. Peter had a foot-shaped mouth. Every time he opened his mouth, he put his foot in it. <laughs> He's always getting himself in trouble. Lord, I'll not deny you. I'll not deny you. And then he denies the Lord. And he goes on, well, I'm not one of his. And well, your speech betrays you, Peter. I am not one of his. He's just always getting in trouble. But on the day of Pentecost, when he is anointed... And God fills him with the Holy Ghost. He stands up in Acts chapter 2 verse 38 and preaches and 3,000 souls were converted to the kingdom of God. Before Pentecost, Peter is not anointed. But after Pentecost, he is anointed and he does great things for the kingdom of God. What I'm trying to tell you here this morning is prior to yesterday, maybe you didn't operate in your anointing. Maybe you didn't even know what it was. But then after today, maybe you're going to operate and perform and the anointing of God and do great things for the kingdom of almighty God. Listen, folks, we've got nothing left to do but to go up for the Lord to come, and I'm ready for him to come, but until then, I'm going to keep on preaching and singing and worshiping and testifying and trying to help people find their way to the cross. You know, a few days after Pentecost, Peter and John stopped at the temple gate and watch God pour strength into a lame man's legs. What happened? He got up and started walking. It wasn't Peter and John. It wasn't James and John. It wasn't any of those guys. It was the Spirit of God and the anointed. Peter. Peter in all of his mortality walked down the street, but it was the Spirit's immortality that energized Peter's shadow and instantly cured afflictions and diseases because the Bible said the shadow of Peter passing by, touching people, and they literally raised up and got up and were healed and made whole. Was it Peter? No. He had problems. He had troubles. He was an ordinary individual. Is it you? No. Is it me? No. We're 
ordinary everyday people but guess who God uses ordinary everyday people if we'll just surrender and say Lord I need you to anoint me I need you to use me I want you God to do something on the inside of me and do something all over Juno for the kingdom of God amen John 14 16 calls the Holy Spirit our counselor that means we have a higher dimension of insight for living Romans 8 26 he anoints us to enter a higher dimension of prayer when we don't even know how to pray Acts 6 3 he provides a higher dimension of wisdom faith and power Colossians 1 9 reveals he offers a divine comfort to transcend life's turmoil. 1 John 2.27 expresses the supernatural ability to discern truth from error because of the anointing of God. You see, God has called us to fulfill a divinely appointed destiny, but we cannot do it with our fleshly limitations. That's why he wants to anoint us for his service. Because the anointing will satisfy the soul. Let me explain. Luke 19.10. The Bible says he came to seek and to save that what was lost. The word save simply means in the context of this scripture to deliver and wholly impact someone. The only way he could deliver and impact people was to do it in a way Moses did, by a supernatural anointing. And that is where he experienced his fulfillment. This is what he meant just before his crucifixion in John 17, 4, when he said with great joy, Father, Jesus speaking, I have brought you glory on earth, by completing the work that you gave me to do. So let me ask you a question. What work has God gave you to do? Think about it. What is it that God has called you to do? Say, preacher, I don't know it yet. Well, you need to find out. Because life is just ticking along. And before long, either the rapture is going to take place, we're going to leave this earth, or you're going to go by the way of the grave. That's just the way it is. But until then, what are you going to do with what God has given you and called you to do? What work was he talking about? Jesus was referring to the anointed work that the Holy Spirit had empowered him to do. Listen to me very carefully. You cannot be fulfilled in the deep recesses of your soul without Him releasing the anointing upon your life. I don't want to get up every day and just go through the motions and do the administrative task of the job that we've been given. Go to bed at night, get up the next day and do it all over again. I don't want to go through life and just feel like something is missing. That we're just missing out on something that God has called us to do. Oh, but to have days like we had yesterday where people seem to respond and get involved and 
like Randy, you know, having this hunger and this desire and having, you know, wanting to do something more and wanting to do more for the kingdom of God. That makes it all worth it. You see, activity does not bring purpose or contentment, right? If destiny and contentment were found in activity, everybody in America and all around the world would be happy because they spend billions of dollars on amusements, entertainment, and recreation, but it still doesn't satisfy. You've got people that have done some crazy things in this world that are filthy rich and end up still missing out on something. I'm simply suggesting that something is the presence of God. It's the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit of God. I believe the reason that so many Christians are unhappy because the anointing is not flowing. Think about the times you experienced in the deepest sense of satisfaction. I promise you it was when you followed God's plan for your life and the power of the Holy Spirit of God. People resist the anointed and neglect their calling and God allows you just to simply be miserable. I've had those times of misery, haven't you? When something was missing. That's why in Hebrews 1.9 it calls the anointing the oil of gladness. It brings satisfaction and joy. Listen, when you realize the anointing, uh, realize, uh, when you analyze rather the anointing, there is one conclusion. It is the difference maker. Somebody shout amen. With our innermost needs are unfulfilled. And when we are unqualified to handle life's drama, its dilemmas and challenges, but with the Holy Spirit, but with it we are fully qualified to handle life. Listen, you are anointed to fulfill your purpose and your destiny. You are anointed to minister God's power to others. You are anointed to experience God's favor. You are anointed with a hedge of protection. You are anointed as a distinctly sealed saint of God to do what God has called you to do. Listen, the devil wants your anointed. He knows how important it is for your emotional welfare. So listen, he's going to do everything he can to try to stop that flow. But listen, he wants you floundering and disconnected and confused without purpose. But I've come to tell you, he's a liar in the name of Jesus. And I'm going to rise to the occasion. I'm going to stand up and say, Lord, you've called me. You will equip me and you will anoint me to do God great things for your kingdom. What this means is you got to continually consecrate yourself to God and His plan and pray over your own life and your anointing. you got to go all in. As Mark Batterson says in one of his books, all in and all out for the all and all. They've got to be totally committed. One more scripture and then I'm going to finish. Brother, if you want to come play, I don't know what you normally do. Whatever you normally do, you just go right ahead. 1 Timothy 4.14 says this, Do not neglect your gift. 2 Timothy 1.6 says this, Fan into the flame the gift of God. The preacher, I don't know what my gift it is. I believe you can find out before you leave here today. I don't know what my calling is. I believe that God will reveal it to you if you'll ask Him. I don't know what He's called me to do. Well, 
I think you got a pastor here, a pastoral family, a pastoral couple that will help you with every single bit of that. Amen. Those 27 that were here yesterday, was it 27? Wonderful people that were here yesterday and you that are here today, I've got a challenge for you. And then I'm going to pray. I challenge you, each one, reach one. We talked about that yesterday. Just reach one person for the kingdom of God. He's talking about how invigorating it is for all these people to be here. This is a beautiful sight, folks. Absolutely beautiful sight. And y'all look good. Go ahead and just give yourself a little pat on the back. Y'all look good. Amen. Do I look good? No? (laughs) We're here to glorify God. We're here to edify the body of Christ. We're here to bless the name of Jesus. We're here to exalt him as King of kings and Lord of lords. We're here to lift him up and to praise him. Can I ask you a question? Has God been good to you? Has he? Has he been good to you? Ecclesiastes talks about his mercies are renewed every morning. Randy, you got up today and had a brand new set of mercies. Not only you, but everybody in this room, even me. In the morning, even if the sun don't come up, it'll come up. You know, it's not broken. A cloud just in the way. (laughs) They're probably always in the way. His mercy will be brand new again in the morning. And then Tuesday morning, guess what? His mercy will be brand new again. I challenge you today, in the name of Jesus Christ, each one reach one and say, Lord, I want to operate in the anointing that you have for me. While pastor comes to play, would you stand with me all over the house? I'm not going to ask you to come up front. I don't know what you normally do. I don't want to infringe on anybody in any way. If you want to come to this altar, by all means, I will not hinder you for a second. I just want to ask you to pray a simple prayer. And here it is. God, anoint me afresh and anew. Father, would you anoint this congregation? Would you anoint our hearts for worship? Would you anoint our hearts for leadership? Lord, would you anoint our hearts for dedication? Lord, for commitment, for consecration? Lord, would you anoint our hearts to do what it is you've called us to do and who you've called us to be? And God, we'll bless you and we'll thank you. We'll praise you in advance for what you've done, what you're doing, and that, God, that you're going to do. Lord, if we've ever needed you before, we sure do need you now. And God, we bless you, Lord. I pray over the Glacier Valley Church of God. Pastor Keith and Jenny, their family, their extended family, this congregation. Lord, that you'd use them as never before. Lord, that you'd lead them as never before. That you would anoint them and touch them as never before. And God, we give you the praise and the glory and the honor for it all. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen. I want you to pray a scripture with me, and then I'm going to turn it over to Pastor. Psalm 1914. It says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Psalm 1914. Would you say that with me? Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to our service. Be sure to catch the video edition of this on either YouTube or Facebook Live. Again, if you need prayer, contact us at 907-789-3605. May God richly bless you in all things.